You're listening to Welcome to Eloma, a podcast for highly ambitious dreamers who get shit done. I'm your host, Kylie Peters. This is a space where we talk about leveraging CRMs to increase ROI, a very sexy topic. So I have spent years trying to find the right CRM to utilize for my agency and now for my consultancy. And um, I have a very tumultuous relationship with CRMs. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs, as you talk to them, will share different feelings about CRMs. You've got salespeople who live and die by them. You've got marketers who either they're, they're best friends or they hate them. And you've got a lot of entrepreneurs that are like, I just know everyone, it's fine. It's in my head or it's in a spreadsheet. Uh, but I will say that after setting up and transferring at least transferring CRM setups at least four times over the last three years, I can say with confidence that it is absolutely worth it to take the time to find the right one and to hire help to implement it properly. Because I will say we tried to DIY it a number of times and it was a giant disaster every single time. And I will also come out and say, that I've spent the last number of years being very anti-HubSpot. I thought it was overly expensive and I very much thought it was a cult. (laughs) But then what I realized is that if you really utilize a CRM in all of the quote-unquote right ways, like you really invest in it, they're all kind of cult-like. So it's kind of like pick your poison, you know, pick the pick the one that's really going to get you where you need to go. So I I crossed over to the dark side and I'm happy to report that I don't feel it's a dark side anymore. Uh, We started working with today's guest earlier this year to implement HubSpot, and we are super grateful to her and her team for their support. Uh, I am personally just dipping my toes into the full capabilities of the platform. I absolutely caved. I crossed across to the other side. And I am part of the HubSpot cult now. So never thought I would say I joined a cult, but I joined the HubSpot cult. Here we go. And let's hope that, you know, it's it's all smooth sailing from here. So nonetheless, today's guest is Mary-Kate Spires. She is a leading expert in using data and research to improve marketing ROI. She's also the co-founder of Harley James Consulting, a HubSpot inbound marketing agency. She also wrote a book called On the Map, and I love the way this lady's brain works. I'm so thrilled to nerd out with her today. Welcome to Eloma, Mary-Kate. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks for being here. All right, lady. So we've got lots we can talk about today. You've spent pretty much your entire career in the digital marketing space, something that we have a lot in common. Um, But what led you to double down on inbound marketing? Yeah, so I joined the HubSpot cult um, before there even was a CRM. <laughs> they're gonna love that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, they're Just gonna come. The cult. They're gonna come find me. Um, but yeah, I, I joke that I drank the Kool Aid gosh, 11 or 12 years ago before when it was just a marketing platform. And they, they really cultivated this idea of inbound marketing. And I was in college. I didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life. And I happened to find someone who 
also was really into HubSpot and digital marketing. And I read the book that they wrote, Inbound Marketing. And I it really just spoke to me because it's all about educating your audience and trying to help them on their journey versus just talking at them. And mm-hmm. I really believe if we're just helping our audiences, it's all going to be okay and go a long way in the long run. And so I've really held on to inbound marketing and content marketing. And thankfully it's still going strong in the industry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. I'm going to toss a question out there because I think this comes up a lot, uh, especially right now. What are your thoughts on AI and how this might shift things for content marketers? And I, I say that as a fellow content marketer myself, um, I just figured I'd, I'd ask your thoughts on that. Yeah, I have been really a mixed bag on AI. I'm a purist old soul. I don't love to change things too much, um, which is funny because digital marketing is always changing, but there's certain mm-hmm. things I just feel really strongly about. Um, and so when it first came out, I was like, that's ridiculous. It's cheating. You can't do that. Um, and originally Google said it would punish for using AI for content. And I wiped my hands of it. Google is king. We're not messing with Google. They recently said they're no longer going to punish for using AI. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're using it. Um, I believe it really comes down to the content. So it needs to be authoritative and, and it really needs to be unique. So if you can train AI and coach it to create that unique and authoritative content, then heck yeah, go do it. Um, But you do still have to be careful. So I like using it really for brainstorming and research um, and I'll brain dump into it and ask it to say things much more beautifully than I can. For that, it's amazing. But I don't, I think what people don't understand really about AI is you still have to have the expertise in order to use it. So you can't just rely on AI without knowing the things that rank well in Google or are going to be beneficial to your buyer. So that I'm, I'm in the middle on it now. Yeah, I, I know. I'm, I'm very, very new in exploring it myself, but I feel like it's, it's a tool. You know, like it's not the solution per se, but it's a tool. Just like we have so many tools, it's a tool and you have to know the right way to use it and you have to know where it doesn't actually serve you. So I just figured I had to get that out there. Um, Okay, so back to inbound marketing as we're talking about how we're utilizing CRMs to increase ROI. Um, There's a lot of people who have a lot of feelings about inbound marketing. Are there any myths that you have heard that you're like, people just got to stop saying this because it's not true. I think like really with inbound marketing, you know, the HubSpot kind of made it up and it can a lot of times be interchanged with digital marketing or even just content marketing. Mm -hmm. And it really is its own thing. So inbound marketing can be used with even offline sources, or you can do digital marketing that's not inbound, or you can do content that's not inbound. So it's really about like a holistic approach to educating your prospects and meeting them where they are. So whether they're just identifying their problem to choosing the solution for their problem, you have information and content that's available to help them in that journey. So it's not just Facebook ads. Like it's, it's a full strategy, I would say. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I think as a content marketer, that was always 
my biggest thing. It's like, I just want to build the content that's going to answer the questions because people need that. (laughs) And it's like, and then I think in Barton is, you know, you take that one step further and then you actionize it and you make it, you know, move through said funnel, et cetera. Um, What are a few things that you want entrepreneurs to know when it comes to inbound marketing and how they can manage their CRM? Yeah. Yeah. So my biggest thing I would say for an entrepreneur is to get your system set up correctly right away. Um, You can end up with such a mess so quickly. And there's a lot of platforms out there, including HubSpot, that do have lower versions of the systems that you can build on. So you can start, get it set up the way you need it to, and keep growing with it. Um, I think when it comes to inbound marketing in your CRM, that full funnel reporting is just second to none. You really can't do good marketing if you don't know what's converting into your sales qualified leads and your customers. Um, Mm -hmm. That's even more important when you're starting to spend ad money. Um, My biggest pet peeve is spending money on things that we don't know if it's working and just kind of guessing at marketing. Um, And so with that CRM, if you're using a different marketing platform and a different CRM, make sure they talk to each other. That's the only advice I would give to anyone um, for getting started because it's just so important. I had a client that didn't have that and I would manually pull data from their CRM for hours and human error is a real thing. And so it wasn't perfect. It gave us a little bit of information, but it wasn't perfect. And when they changed CRMs that integrated with the marketing, our strategy just blew wide open. We were able to really test things and understand what was fully converting and saved so much money on top of that because we actually were working with clear, actual data. Are there any KPIs specifically, and and maybe the answer is it depends, um, that entrepreneurs should take a look at? Like we have numbers all day long that we're trying to figure out what this all means. But generally speaking, are there any major KPIs that you would recommend people take a look at? Yeah, I have a few that I love. I'm big on conversion rates. So whether that's how many visitors are converting to leads on your website. um, And then I follow the inbound methodology of marketing qualified leads to sales qualified leads to opportunities to customers. And so I track all of those. And with the automation of a system, you're able to automate when somebody becomes a mark, they meet certain criteria, they'll become a marketing qualified lead and so on. And so by able, by being able to track the conversion rates between MQL to SQL, SQL to opportunity and opportunity to customer, you can really see where the breakdown might be. So mm-hmm. you might be driving a ton of marketing qualified leads, but they're never becoming sales qualified leads. So let's spend some time focusing there. Um, so conversion rates are huge. And then I really like cost per acquisition too, um, versus mm-hmm. looking, I always say ROI, um, but ROI can get really inflated really quickly. Yeah. And so by looking at cost per acquisition, it's, it's a little bit more of an equalizer and you can really understand, you know, how much your, your, these things are costing. And I like to look at that by different level too. So our cost per SQL is low, but our cost per opportunity is high. We must not be driving many qualified sales qualified leads. So now we need to go in and kind of figure out what's going on there. And for anyone listening, who's like, what is the difference between marketing qualified lead and sales qualified lead? What would you say to them? 
Yes, thank you. I uh, always use my my acronyms. I try to spell out the whole thing. Um, a marketing qualified. So first of all, these definitions can mean whatever you want them to mean. You just need to document it and make sure everyone in, in your organization is using the same definition. Um, mm-hmm. So for me, a marketing qualified lead is someone who fits your target persona, your target buyer, um, and maybe, and has shown some interest. So maybe they downloaded a guide, maybe they subscribed to your blog or came to a webinar, but they haven't yet raised their hand to talk to you for sales. So we know they one day, they fit who can buy our product. So I always like to use um, like a, a dog store or a pet store. If someone doesn't own a pet and is not looking to find a pet in the future, they're not a marketing qualified lead. Um, but mm-hmm. if they do identify that they are, then we want to keep marketing, keep nurturing them until they are ready to raise their hand. So once they fit that criteria and then say, contact us, live chat, all the ways there are to convert phone call, then they become a sales qualified lead. So they have said, I would like to talk to someone about your services. T- depending on what how big your organization is, that might be when they get passed to a salesperson. Mm-hmm. Um, and then opportunity is something I started tracking, um, during the pandemic, which really was kind of a light bulb for me in with my clients and opportunities, how I define them are qualified sales, qualified leads. So they're actively engaging with the salesperson and they've not been immediately disqualified due to something like location or price or not owning an animal. Um, and then that way that really helps because marketing and sales will sometimes butt heads if they're two different departments and it's really easy to point fingers fingers at each other. And so by being able to track that sales qualified to opportunity step, you're really helping each other understand like, okay, this isn't a good sales qualified lead because, or this was a good one because. So it really just helps add that quality over quantity. Yeah. And I think that's awesome too. And and something that we all need to keep in mind. Um, So often we talk about generating leads and it's like, okay, well, how do you define a lead? And to your point, Mary Kay, is it a marketing qualified lead, which, you know, you could argue all leads are good leads, but some leads are significantly better than others. Right. So is it a marketing qualified lead? Is it a sales qualified lead? Um, Or is it, just straight up a crappy lead, you know, like there's, there's a definitely a benefit to scrubbing your email list and making sure that, you know, you're not paying for what you don't need, et cetera. Now for those of, uh, for those listening who like I was, was like, I hate CRMs. They're the devil. Boo. I don't want anything to do with this. Let's say we are casually convincing them to reconsider reconsider the path of a CRM. Okay, great. So what would be your recommended place to start? Because they can be wildly overwhelming. So if you're just like, you know what, I'm just going to dip my toes in and see what this feels like. How would you recommend somebody get started? Yes. So I would say, depending on your industry, I always say, look at industry specific CRMs because they might already be customized to what you need. I have a client that is in the senior living industry. They have an amazing senior living specific CRM that like a HubSpot would have never been able to be customized in that particular way. So depending on your industry, 
you might want to look more at those industry specific CRMs. And then it's important while you're looking at CRMs to, to kind of understand, in my opinion, they come in two boxes. You have your complete blank slate. You can do absolutely anything you could possibly want with it. And then you kind of have your, your out of the box um, that can still be customized. So like HubSpot, for example, is out of the box, but you can do whatever you need to do with it. Whereas like a Salesforce is partic- is more, you need to have a PhD in my opinion to be able to customize it, which there are great people out there who can do it, you know, good for them. Um, but so it's really thinking about like, do you need it to be fully customized? Do you need a place for it to start? And then how are you going to implement it? You know, do you need a partner to help you walk through some of that? Um, You know, there's a lot to be said about doing some discovery and architecture of a CRM before even finding a CRM. So what do you want it to do? How do you want that process to look for you? I mean, for entrepreneurs, automation is king because we don't have a lot of time and whatever Mm -hmm. we can automate, the better. So let's make a list and figure out what our process is that we like perfect case scenario, and then take that to these other CRMs to look at. So I know that was a lot of answers in one, but (laughs) definitely try to understand what you need before just hopping into a CRM. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'll, I'll just reiterate what you're saying there is. So for anybody thinking about a CRM, as Mary Kate said, first, take a look at the industry you know, see if there's one that's a leading leading CRM in your industry, that might be the way to go. Um, if you need fully customizable, then think about what that looks like. Many entrepreneurs that are probably listening to this podcast probably don't and are looking for a more out-of-the-box solution. And to your point, you know, before jumping into the CRM process and being able to really fully use it to automate as much as we can, you need to understand enough about your business process. You need to understand who you're talking to, what your problems you're solving, what your service offerings are, what you want somebody's user journey to be for each one of those service offerings. You need to think through all of the emails that you want sent at which stage for each of those service offerings. I say this because we just went through this process. And it can be quite time intensive. Um, But what I've heard a lot of people say is like, specifically if we'll talk about um, HubSpot, is there's a free version that you can start just by, by starting to log your contacts. And it's like, start there, right? Start in a platform that you know, and whether it's HubSpot or not, whether you know you can grow with, but... To, to what we're talking about here, make sure that you're starting with something that can actually scale with you. So if you're just starting with a CRM that's gonna house your contacts, okay, fine. But if it doesn't connect to your marketing and it doesn't connect to your automations that you want from an operational standpoint, and it doesn't connect to all these different things that Mary-Kate just brought up in terms of like reporting and conversion rates and all these things, you might be stunting yourself and then you'll have to do what I did and transfer four times and then try to pluck out your eyebrows at the same time because it's terrible. Uh, so find something that can scale with you. All right, so I'll step off my soapbox. Now, <laughs> Mary-Kate, for people who have a CRM in place, so that yes. they've, got something, they've got something working for them, what are some of the lowest hanging fruit opportunities that they should be looking at 
when driving ROI? I know you were talking about automations, but like, what are some of the things that people commonly aren't doing that they could relatively easily? Yeah. And I'll say it again, because it's so important, making sure your marketing is connected to it. So if you're not connecting those dots, you're missing all the ROI. You might have a ton. You just don't, you have no idea if it's actually working. Um, I think that is the most important. There are some things as simple as connecting your calendar to your CRM and making sure your tasks, if, if your CRM has a task management platform, your tasks go onto your calendar when you want to do them or no one will double book. I am the queen of double booking myself, which I should not be for all the tools I have, but it somehow <laughs> still happens. It's because I don't Human. use the tools. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but I, I have too many, but you know, it's something as simple as setting up your meeting invite and having a reminder go out the day before you can set that up with your CRM. And like that just saves you such little bits of time. And these are things you can do even on the lowest options of these CRMs. Obviously, as you scale, you can get into crazy automation um, that pretty much most of the things you try to think up, you could probably do um, if you get creative. And you can even go all the way to the top and pretty much automate everything. I would say like those different levels, especially in HubSpot, really come down to the type of automation you want to be able to do. But just getting started, I mean, I know the the cobbler's kids have no shoes. I am not the best um, CRM manager of my personal CRM, but I've been trying really hard because I'll identify a new prospect. And now all I have to do is go look at my CRM visually in my boards instead of drumming through my email and trying to figure out who I'm supposed to be following up with. So mm-hmm. if nothing else, getting yourself organized, that is going to bring you ROI and just saving a little bit of time, especially as an entrepreneur, time is just so precious. You've asked for it. So I'm building it. I've taken the feedback I've received over the last year regarding our in-person workshops and retreats, and I'm building out a masterclass for women looking to leave corporate and launch their own consulting business. I know most of you are planners, so you're not looking to jump ship tomorrow, nor should you. So we're building out the most comprehensive six-month course with over a dozen industry experts that will meet virtually once a week live to answer any questions and create the community necessary to succeed in entrepreneurship while giving you the opportunity to digest the content when it works best for you and your schedule. This first cohort will launch October 3rd. I meet every Tuesday for six months with a few adjustments for the holidays. You'll gain access to the starter kit, six months of content, walking you through everything you need to know how to start your consulting business the right way, in addition to three one-on-one coaching sessions. Since this is our pilot program, we're offering what would be a $10,000 investment for $7,000 and payment plans are available as needed. Working with all these experts would cost you well over $60,000 though. So save yourself 50 grand and a few years of trying to figure it out on your own and join us this October for a program that I promise will change your life. Learn more at ricksrixmasterclass.com. I will say one thing that I found to be helpful as like a low hanging fruit to your point is like, we've put into place automations to follow up with people based off of the type of call we've had. 
but sometimes it'll be like, uh, it'll turn into more of a personalized conversation. And even if I just put a reminder to your point, Mary Kay in HubSpot, Hey, reminder to go follow up with Joe Schmo, uh, in two weeks. Like they said that they needed time. No worries. We're going to give them time. But if I don't put a reminder in my calendar, I'm going to forget. It's going to be two months later. I'll be like, damn crap. Let that one fall through the cracks. Right. So yeah, like just even those little reminders and connected to specific opportunities can be a huge opportunity. Absolutely. All right. So we talked a little bit about how we're far from perfect humans. Um, We all learn from our our mistakes. I know I have made many. Any mistakes uh, you want to share with us that you've made in terms of when it comes to you know, your serum inbound marketing and you're like, oh my God, I can't believe I did this that one time. (laughs) So many things. I mean, (laughs) I feel like I'm learning lessons every day. Um, I will say, I think, you know, way back in the day, I'll never forget. I, um, and actually, Kylie, I had emailed you to make sure that this didn't happen in your portal because it's so ingrained in my brain. And this is such a specific thing, but in HubSpot, you can assign people owners. So if you have multiple salespeople in your um, CRM, you can assign those contacts or those companies to the different users. Well, when you assign a deal to, or when you assign someone as an owner to a contact, they get an email notification. I mass assigned uh, contacts to probably about 50 people. Um, and it had to have been like, hundred or it had to been like 70,000 contacts. And so as you can imagine, 70,000 emails went out to 50 people and it was a really bad day for me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So so I would say it'll happen. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, I would say like for me, sometimes before I turn the workflow on, I have to kind of like take a step back and like work through it in my mind before mm-hmm. I turn it on. I'm always a little nervous before I turn um, a workflow on because it just happens. You Or for me, like I love to do a lot of things in one sitting because it's just easier for me, but that can't be the case in all situations. And so if I go back and start working on something later, I might forget why I did something a certain way and then do it the wrong way even though my past self was trying to help me with that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've been trying to like take a lot more notes lately while I'm building things to just remember. Yeah. Yeah. I think you can get really, especially the automations, you can get really in your head about it and there's nothing worse than an automation fail. And so I've, Oh, I um, have people on my team that I, I make them just test things all the time because it can, it can get messed up and I'd rather find it via a test than oh, 7,000 yeah. contacts. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it's, you know, kind of like a website, it's a living, breathing thing every now and then it might break because technology. So it's not a bad idea right. to keep those tests in place. Absolutely. I'm a big fan of a personal touch on top of automation because you never yeah. want to have the foot and mouth um, disease of sending out a weird automation email, even though your conversation was about something different. So it's good to, that goes back to that architecture, really understanding, you know, uh, what you want to happen and then figuring out how to, how to mend 
those personal tasks with what can be automated. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, lady, what are you, you've got a lot going on. What are you working on right now? Anything you're excited about you want to share? Yeah. I mean, we, so we, um, we started the HubSpot agency, gosh, getting close to a year ago now. Um, and we're really starting to scale and build out and it's, it's really exciting. It's a little scary not being the one to touch everything that happens, but, um, where I'm working through training some people, we're getting systems in place. We just redid all of our, um, like client services experiences. Um, and so it's been exciting to like really to watch it grow. Um, yeah, it's, it's been fun. Yeah. And Again, we have nothing but great things to say about Harley James because you guys have been saviors for us. So, um, okay. A couple of last questions for you, dear. What, now these are, these are big ones, okay? These are big ones. Here we go. Here you go. You might have to stretch it out. That's all right. Uh, what impact do you want to make on the world or what legacy would you like to leave? Oh man, that is is a good one um I think for me so I'll say I always used to joke that I wanted to be famous um when I was a kid it probably wasn't a joke back then um <laughs> and but I I immediately learned I was not talented enough to become like an actor or singer or anything <laughs> which is fine um <laughs> we all know our, our strengths um so I I I realized a few years ago that I could I could help and potentially have my name out there a little bit of that with, with marketing. I understand marketing. I can help with that. Um, but it's really now it's evolved for me and I just want to educate people enough that they're asking questions so that they don't get screwed for lack of a better, um, Mm -hmm. phrase. Um, there's unfortunately with digital marketing, there's a lot of snake oil salesmen out there and it's really easy to believe everything they're going to say and then nothing happens or they actually ghost you after you pay them. Uh, I've watched it happen. I've had it happen to clients. Um, and so for me, I just want to empower people to, to know just enough to be dangerous and ask the right questions. Um, and then that's even translated into Harley James, um, my business partner and I, Kristen, we built this agency to combat that, to provide value to people. We try to be flexible to give people what they need where they are versus this is how we're going to do it because this is what we want to do. So yeah, I want people to not get screwed. That's the legacy I want. I love that. And I remember when you first share that with me, it's like, I, I so relate to that because again, coming from the digital marketing space, so often you meet people and they're just like already mad at you. And it's like, Hey bro, I know that somebody kind of screwed you over in the past, but that's not me. And I'm here to try to fix it for you. <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> Shh. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> we'll, make, we'll make it better. Um, We're going to fix it. Yeah. And you know, I think there's a lot of industries like that where people have had experiences and now they're weary and you know, that's fair. That's fair. It's unfortunate. It is. Fair. It is. And you know, that's what I said earlier. I don't believe in doing anything without having the data to back it up. I love testing things and seeing if it's going to work. Um, but it's because of that, you know, I, I've had a client spend like bukus of money on literally just social media posting. That's it. That's all they were doing. And there was nothing, you know, there's nothing to tie it back to. And there can be a lot to be said for brand awareness and all that stuff. That's a whole nother topic, but 
you know, you if you have those data points in place, you're going to know uh, if what you're paying for is actually getting getting that return. Yeah, absolutely. All right, last question. What is your greatest insight or discovery about life and entrepreneurship? Ooh, the pair. I have I have to go with trust your gut. Um, I will say I definitely um, have the occasional anxious feelings um, that are really easy to brush off or even have friends and family brush off. Um, but I finally learned that most of those anxious feelings are coming from a place of intuition. And I might be blowing it up a little bit, but there's usually a reason I feel anxious. Um, Mm -hmm. And I had a lesson learned. I had this exact lesson learned yet again, a few weeks ago where couldn't tell you exactly why, but I was just a little nervous about working with someone. And it ended up that I got ghosted and had to go answer to my client about that. And at the time, I just kind of brushed it off. But if I had really just sat there and listened to my feelings a little bit, I probably would have double checked some things before moving down that path. And so, mm-hmm. it, you know, you got your gut for a reason. And I, I try to remember to listen to it as much as I can. Amen. Amen to that. You know, I've heard, pe- we've all heard that saying. But I, I too, like recently, I'd say in the last few months, I've actually started to listen and trust my gut. And I think it's just helped me make faster decisions. And I'm just like, you know what? I don't feel like I need to justify this. I just feel that this is wrong. Done. Moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. And it usually, I mean, there, like I said, there's usually a reason for that anxiousness. And I, I try to sit down and really like dive into why do I feel this way? And it might be as something as silly as like, it was something that happened two days ago, but by taking the 10 minutes to think about it, then I can make a decision and hopefully, you know, save one more lesson learned, even though there'll be a hundred more, yeah. but it'll, it'll never end. It never, it's never over. Um, yeah. no, I love that. I love that. Uh, Mary Kate, you are one of the smartest humans I have met in real life. Um, I don't know what that means, but in real life. Yes. Uh, thank you so much for joining us and sharing your words of wisdom. If people want to reach out and learn more about you or Harley James, et cetera, what is the best way for them to get in touch with you? Yeah, we're harleyjamesconsulting.com. And then you can find me on any social media, um, Mary Kate with the C Spires. Um, it's all the same. And I even have marykatespires.com. I love to nerd out. So I would love to, you know, be caught, you know, talk to me about random things. It's so much more fun than just sitting at HubSpot or sitting on HubSpot all day long. So <laughs> <laughs> bring all the nerdy topics up for conversation. Good. Yes. Um, well, for anybody who is listening, uh, if you have enjoyed today's episode half as much as I have, please go ahead and leave us a review wherever you're listening. And Mary Kate, thank you again. If you're interested in asking me questions about running your business, but you're working on a budget and only need a teeny tiny bit of handholding right now, check out the CEO hotline. This is an online community that I'll be managing on a weekly basis, answering questions about running your business. And then we'll have a monthly live Q&A where I'll answer whatever questions you have in real time. Learn more at rixceohotline.com. To continue learning how to better build your business and make your vision a reality, 
subscribe to the Welcome to Eloma email list at welcometoeloma.com. 